The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The October 4th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of October 4th, 2023. Bridging the Gender Gap in the Sport of Sailing. Seals in nearby county died of avian flu. Lopez Lobos sports coverage, plus choice excerpts from the sheriff's log. First, from the Islands Sounder, Bridging the Gender Gap in the Sport of Sailing, by Julia Soez. One of the many wonderful things about sailing is that it's a co-ed sport, but historically, it has tended to be a male-dominated one. Over the years, it has taken a lot of work from sailors, coaches, and programs to try to bridge the gender gap and get more women on the water. The Pacific Coast Interscholastic Sailing Association Girls' Invitational Regatta is not only an opportunity to give the top young women in the sport a chance to compete on a national stage— but it also creates events for high school sailing regions across the country to celebrate women and girls on the water. With OIYC and Sail Orcas's commitment to making sailing a more welcoming environment for women, it's only fitting that the Northwest's qualifying regatta for the PCISA event is hosted here on West Sound. This was the second year the event was held at OIYC, but this time around, there were more teams, and the home teams sailed well enough to qualify for nationals. When it comes to Orcus's approach to women's sailing, one of the middle school race team kids put it best. Isn't our women's team already our varsity team? And she wasn't wrong. The girls on the high school team have been stellar role models for the rest of the program and continue to put hours of dedication into improving their skills. The girls on the team trained over the summer sailing everywhere from racing lasers on the Columbia River to regular Wednesday night keelboat races with OIYC members. Getting the kids' exposure to larger, more competitive fleets outside the Northwest is invaluable to their improvement as sailors and helps us create a more competitive program here at home. But unlike many of the larger yacht club programs the kids are sailing against, the team is run through a non-profit rather than a private yacht club, and getting the funding to travel to these events can be a challenge. With only two weeks before the regatta, the girls' team is asking the community for help through their GoFundMe. GoFund.me slash 825-616-4F page, as well as selling blackberry jam that they made this summer at Boathouse Cider Works at the ferry landing. It takes a village to keep sailing going here on Orcas, but any support is welcome and needed to keep this team on the water. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Seals in nearby county died of avian flu. Five harbor seals died just a straight away from San Juan County at Fort Flagler State Park on Marrowstone Island, located southeast of Port Townsend. The four adults and one pup tested positive for the avian flu H5N1 
and following an outbreak around Marrowstone and nearby Rat Island, killing 1,700 birds. While the news is concerning, occurring so close to San Juan County, San Juan County Marine Mammal Stranding Network Coordinator Jessica Farrer urges caution and not panic. This is not a reason to panic. We are just to track it, which is what a stranding network does, Farrer explained. There have been no positive HPAI results in seals outside of the Marrowstone Island area to date, according to Matthew Burks, public affairs officer of the West Coast region NOAA Fisheries. Avian flu, or bird flu, is a respiratory disease caused by infection with a type of flu virus. It typically spreads among wild water birds like duck and geese. It can also spread to domestic poultry, such as chickens, ducks, and geese. While the disease does not normally make humans sick, infections in humans have occurred. According to the CDC, illnesses in humans from bird flu virus infections have ranged in severity from no symptoms or mild illness, for example, eye infection, upper respiratory symptoms, to severe disease, for example, pneumonia that resulted in death. According to Washington State Department of Wildlife veterinarian Dr. Katie Haman, though human infections of HPAI are rare, when they do occur, mortality can be high. The Spanish flu pandemic, Haman points out in her report, Avian Basics, was an avian flu. To read the full document, see our websites for the link. Other mammals, including cats and dogs, have also been infected. That the disease spreads to marine mammals is not shocking. Over the years, outbreaks have been recorded in several seal and sea lion populations across the world. According to Farrer, an infected seal will be very ill. While any pups brought to Wolf Hollow will show signs of poor nutrition from being abandoned, a seal with avian flu will be extremely sick. The disease usually acts quickly, making it likely the animal will die before the stranding network is able to get to it. According to Burks, based on previously published reports, avian flu affects all ages of pinnipeds from pups to yearlings, subadults, and adults. The virus has predominantly affected the respiratory and neurologic system, and clinical signs include ocular and or nasal discharge, coughing, sneezing, and or respiratory disease or distress, altered behavior, slow reaction to people, unresponsive stimuli, twitching, seizures, unresponsiveness, and skin lesions and or secondary infections. Histological findings have shown cases of necrotizing bronchiolitis and interstitial pneumonia in the lungs. The Stranding Network frequently works with Wolf Hollow, a local nonprofit wildlife rehabilitation facility in Friday Harbor, bringing stranded and abandoned seal pups. While peak pupping season was over in August, a few born late needed attention, Farrer said. Wolf Hollow continued to accept those pups with special avian flu precautionary measures in place. Those measures will likely continue next season. One thing that we are learning about H5N1 is that its outbreaks tend to be intense but relatively localized, in places where marine birds and mammals congregate in close contact, 
such as seabird rookeries and seal or sea lion pupping areas, Russell Barsh, director of Quiot, said. Quiot is a nonprofit conservation biology laboratory in and for the San Juan Islands of Washington State. Quiot staff and volunteers have been tracking and researching local outbreaks by collecting deceased birds. According to Barsh, symptoms develop and cause fatality so quickly that relatively few individuals escape to spread the virus elsewhere. The San Juan Islands will probably remain on the periphery of the Fort Flagler outbreak, with isolated fatalities this autumn. But an outbreak could occur here in the spring when seabirds, seals, and sea lions mass together again for reproduction, he cautioned. To him, the Rat Island Fort Flagler outbreak is worrisome because of the close geographical location to the San Juan Islands. Seabirds and marine mammals can easily cross the strait. We hope that islanders will contact Quiot if they find any dead seabirds or waterfowl, especially rhinoceros auklets, which took the brunt of the Fort Flagler area outbreak. Quiot staff and volunteers have collected one rhinoceros auklet on Lopez, and it has been shipped to Dr. Haman at the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife for testing. Quiot can sample and dispose safely of potentially infected birds, according to Barsh, and are collaborating with WDFW and making it possible to sample infected animals quickly, while the virus, if present, can still be identified and sequenced genetically. Interestingly, we have not seen a die-off of Canada geese as occurred on Orcas Island in late summer 2022. Canada geese can carry H5N1 across continents, and large flocks resting and feeding in island bays or lakes are at very high risk of sharing infections, Barsh said. Thus far, the fall migration has been peaceful. However, these birds will return in the spring from southern latitudes where birds, marine mammals, and other small mammals have been more heavily impacted by H5N1 than here within the Salish Sea. There was one seal found on Lopez and retrieved by the Stranding Network, according to Farrer, but they do not have the results back yet. In an abundance of caution, they are testing samples from deceased seals found in August and prior to August as well. We have them ready to send. We have not gotten a green light from DFW yet to send them, Farrer clarified. She added that the test, from her understanding, isn't a simple one, and with counties attempting to track the disease, DFW could understandably be backed up. Islanders can help monitor and track avian flu by contacting the Stranding Network at the Whale Museum, Barsh advises. Take a photo if you can and cover a dead animal if possible to discourage scavengers. But do not handle it and treat it as if it is infectious. Wash your hands and wash or dispose of anything that comes into contact with the body. The disease may be passed on to cats and dogs as well, so please keep pets away from the animal as well. If you find a dead marine mammal, report it to the Stranding Network, Farrer said, reiterating not to let one's dogs roll in it. If six seabirds, scavengers, or raptors are found, contact Wolf Hollow at 378-5000. If dead ones are found, email info at 
quiot.org. From the Islands Weekly, Lopez Lobos Sports Coverage by Athletic Director Micah Krauschar. Both Lobos volleyball and soccer had slow starts to their seasons, with just a few games played so far. Both sports saw unprecedented numbers at sign-up and made the decision to split players into JV and varsity squads, a fairly new concept for Lopez sports. The Lady Lobos volleyball had a tough start, starting their schedule with several notoriously tough teams. They stand currently with one win for both JV and varsity against Lummy and three losses. Coach Carey recognized standout players, junior Ruby Irvin McLean and freshman Ruby Sossman for their consistency and willingness to fill in and play wherever they're needed most on any given day. She also emphasized that they're playing incredibly well together, especially factoring in the new additions to the squad and working hard every practice toward getting some wins through October and the second half of their season. Our co-ed soccer team also started slow with just four games behind us. With two wins against LaConnor and Grace and two losses versus Orcus and Providence, the work put in during preseason is palpable. They're showing so much determination, commitment, and team chemistry, and the overall quality of soccer being played is significantly more skillful than in the years prior. So far this season, junior Jacob Velasquez Velasco has two goals under his belt, and sophomore Andres Meisner has one. Standout players in the last several games feature sophomore Oliver Rick, whose skill and intensity on the back line has significantly increased the team's overall confidence level, and junior Rafa Velasquez, whose upbeat yet focused attitude and incredible skill with the ball has set a baseline for the kind of passion we love to see from students in sports. You can find the schedules for both teams on the school district website. Community attendance goes a long way. Volleyball's next home game is Wednesday, October 4th, with both JV, 5.15 p.m., and Varsity, 3.30 p.m. games. Lopez Soccer will host Orcus on Tuesday, October 3rd at 4.30 p.m. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On September 20th, a deputy issued the owner of a vessel a ticket for mooring at a public landing on Orcus after the boat was moored at a county dock overnight. That makes me think, maybe with all of the vacation rental restrictions, someone on Orcus ought to come up with a plan for an air, sea, and b for boats. On September 21st, a deputy on Lopez was contacted about a theft. The reporting party said a package was delivered to their mailbox, but never received. On the same day, a San Juan resident contacted a deputy about fraud because they had purchased an item from a private person via the internet, and the item was never delivered. Perhaps we have a new postal pilfering problem in the San Juans. On September 22nd, Lopez deputies were called to a residence in the early morning hours for a trespassing complaint. The trespasser fled into the woods prior to the deputy's arrival and was not located.
On September 23rd, on San Juan, deputies responded to a report of a large fight at a wedding. No victims wished to pursue charges. On the same day, San Juan deputies responded to a report of a domestic incident at a hotel. The two individuals were separated, and it was concluded that no crime occurred. Whether or not the two incidents are related, I cannot say. However, I can say that this is proof once again that sometimes love hurts. On September 25th, on Lopez, a deputy responded to a civil issue between neighbors regarding the use of an easement. A report was completed and civil court remedies were again recommended as the proper course of action. As this seems to be a problem in our county, perhaps we should consider changing the term from easement to difficult meant, since there seem to be so many problems related therewith. And this concludes the October 4th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Orcus Center is your place for fun and intrigue this fall with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for tuning in, and come back again next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.